Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is Justin Neal with the Average Joe Geek Show. You're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Sick Brad. Yep. Brad, I'm really concerned that you haven't been able to get over your cold slash flu slash pneumonia. Yeah, I have a really bad immune system. Guess that vegetarian diet I was doing is a bad idea. Did you <laughs> Did you fly anywhere? I know every time you fly, you get sick. No, I haven't flown anywhere. I just huh. I don't know. That's not something. I, I'm sure it was from my sister's husband's uh, uh, family reunion thing, and then I was yeah, around your so. filthy kid. And then... yeah, <laughs> when you were when you were around my kid, <laughs> when Brandon was on the oh, show, yeah. because oh. he's a walking petri dish of doom. And then I go to movies <laughs> and I breathe all the recycled movie air. <laughs> all the yeah, pop, all the stale popcorn air just go. Yep. <sighs> Every week on Real Nerds podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw. Aquaman. Yeah. Mama. Every time I say that, it just sounds stupid. Like Aquaman. That's a stupid name. But is the movie good? <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll tell you if you should see the movie, play the trailer, and spoil the movie. Uh, we also talk about movies we've been watching, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray slash 4K, and movie news. I have a really funny story. So um, three, four months ago, it was announced that Evil Dead Unrated, uh, the remake, mm-hmm. was coming out on Blu-ray. Yep. From Sony. So, yep. So I pre-ordered it. And uh, it's supposed to come out in October, and I got this email, and they said, nope, can't fulfill this order. We'll let you know when it's available. On Amazon, right? On Amazon. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. And I got all pissed off, and I deleted the email. And so I'm driving around today thinking I'm all cool being a you know, cop, and I get a text message. I look. It shipped. Wait, wait. You, you thought you were being a cop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It shipped today. Wow. Four months later, I am getting that movie. That I didn't think I was ever going to get. Do you think Jeff Bezos actually listens to our show? He and has he's to. Just trolling you now. And the funny thing is, is they like uh, applied some coupon to it. Mm-hmm. So I, it was only like fourteen dollars. So I don't know what coupon I I got. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was the please keep prime coupon. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you get it four months later, but you get five dollars well, off. I also didn't notice either because um, so I move 
my stuff around. And so I have an Amazon credit card and some things I pre-order show up on that one. Cause I don't use it as my default payment. I use it as like, I want my cash back payment. Yeah. So I didn't even notice it. So yeah. So that's like, that's coming this week after four months of <laughs> pre-order and two months, two and a half months of it being released that I forgot about. I just, it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. It is. Sometimes, you know, things work out. And you also get a note inside the Blu-ray that says, uh, Ryan, thank you for getting me my wings. Love, Clarence. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm so mad. I I got a my favorite Christmas gift is I got an Amazon gift card. And so I was like, sweet. So I go through and like the Shout Factory stuff or Scream Factory stuff that I really don't want to buy, but I don't mind spending other people's money on that they got for me. <laughs> so I ordered uh, Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror. It's like a double feature like anthology from the 70s, which they're okay. But I'm like, yeah, you know, use it. So I got it. Fucking dog chewed it up. Luckily, didn't get the disc, but now the case is all fucked up. <sighs> and I just look at it with anger. What kind of case is it? Blu-ray. Jewel. Just a regular blue. Yeah. blue. I can hook, I can hook you up. You can hook me up. <laughs> you you got that? Is Thanks, the Brad. is the artwork torn? Or? Uh, a little bit, mm. but that I can't fix as much. No, I wouldn't make you fix that anyways. But I'll take the case because then I don't have to worry about it sticking out and looking weird. I could fix it if FedEx didn't have like a rule against printing copyrighted materials. <laughs> Fuck FedEx. They also have a rule against smelling drugs <laughs> and hazardous materials. Wait, you see, say bad. that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> Was it Mitch Hedberg said, uh, does the FedEx guy know that he's also my drug dealer? <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about Mitch Hedberg in a while. I do like that guy. Or like that guy. He's not He's not alive anymore. Yep. Sadly. Yep. Drugs you know, are bad. Drugs yeah, are, well, he died from drugs. Died of drugs. I drugs, guess that's drugs, drugs are bad, kids. I guess that's a lesson. Don't trust the FedEx guy's drugs. <laughs> um, we also get uh, emails from Corinne. We have a catching up with the classics with Corinne, part ten. Wow, I was, can't believe it's ten parts already. It goes by fast, boys. If you don't stop to take a look at it, it might just pass you by. The segment's growing up so fast. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan Bueller. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey nerds, Corinne here for part 10 of Catching the Classics, where I review famous and popular movies I've never seen before. And because this is part 10, once I get through my movie of the week, I want to go back and kind of give one sentence reviews of all the movies I've watched so far and just recap what rating I ended up giving them. But for now, I will say that for part 10, I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, yeah, the one with Anthony Hopkins and uh, Gary Oldman and all them. It was um, it was delightfully fun. Um, I I honestly thought it was gonna be like over dramatic and I don't know, just weird. And I mean, it, it was, but it I think the fact that I kind of knew that going into it helped. I had seen some clips of it before, like I I knew about like the whole. Um, Dracula and Mina thing, like how Mina is like the reincarnation of his lover from back in the day. I knew about that. And as far as I understand, like that's the only major change from the book that the movie did. Otherwise, it's pretty much the book. It has all the major characters in it. It has a lot of the same kind of development and plot points. It's just that they have this kind of, you know, romance sort of thing between Dracula and Mina. And I didn't mind that because it, it kind of made um, sense in terms of like why Dracula might go after Lucy because, you know, she was Mina's friend. And so that was kind of a way of 
I don't know, Dracula keeping close to her or something. So I didn't mind it. Um, it also kind of fleshed out his character a little bit for me and not just made him like, you know, a monster, but he's also like a monster with this tragic past and a little bit more complex. Um, so yeah, this is also a movie that's directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It's kind of funny because I just watched The Godfather last week. Um, I liked this a lot better than The Godfather. It also helps that it's only two hours instead of three. And I mean, it's, you know, I know the story of Dracula and I, I like that a lot better than this kind of mobster gangster stuff. But um, overall, yeah, it was good. They have a lot of like really artsy transitions and I didn't mind them. They were just kind of like there and kind of fun. I think it's one of those movies that you kind of have to go into it knowing what it is. Like, you just have to appreciate it for the kind of, this weird mix of, like, artsy and fun and a little overblown and a little kind of melodramatic sometimes. But it's just, I don't know. I, I had fun with it. There wasn't anything about it that I hated other than the very last scene, which is, um, spoilers, I guess, Dracula's death, and they try to do this whole shoehorn of, like, the power of love will redeem you, or something. It was weird. But other than that, I had fun with it. I thought the performances were pretty good. I I liked Anthony Hopkins in the movie. I thought Gary Oldman did a great job, considering that he had to act like a weirdo and have an accent the whole time. Um... Keanu Reeves, who also had to act like a weirdo and have an accent the whole time, although in a different way, he didn't pull it off so well. Poor, poor Keanu Reeves. I don't mind him, but he definitely cannot do a British accent, so. Um, yeah, but everybody else did pretty good, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird movie, but it's fun, and I think you just kind of have to know that going into it to kind of appreciate it. So, I would give Brown Stoker's Dracula 4 out of 5 stars. So, let me give you the quick rundown of all the movies I've watched so far for catching the classics. Steel Magnolias, a little overdramatic but a fun cast, 3 out of 5 stars. Scarface 1983, overblown and doesn't age well, 3 out of 5 stars. Blazing Saddles, a quick and fun watch, 4 out of 5 stars. Jurassic Park, even with the tension gone, I had lots of fun, 4 out of 5 stars. Unforgiven, one of the best westerns, if not the best western I've ever seen, 5 out of 5 stars. Monty Python's Life of Brian, it's not for me, but there are funny parts to it, 3 out of 5 stars. Green Mile, it's long, but it's worth it. Four or four and a half out of five stars. The miniseries, The Thornbirds, it is freaking weird, but you can't help but become invested in the story. Four out of five stars. The Scarlet Pimpernel, 1934. Um, good breezy watch. Four out of five stars. Scarlet Pimpernel, 1982. Hilarious, and I love it. One of the best superhero movies ever, in my opinion. Five out of five stars. White Christmas. Lots of meandering, but 
Bing Crosby is always worth watching. Three out of five stars. The Godfather, I uh, could have never lived up to the hype, but it's worth checking out. Four out of five stars. Or, if we want to downgrade a little bit, three and a half out of five stars. So that's it for Catching the Classics, part 10. I'm not sure what I'm going to watch next week. I have a couple of more movies I'm going to try to get through before they fall off of Netflix this month. So it might be The Shining. It might be Rent. It might be something else entirely. To be determined. Hope you guys have fun. Bye. I have to say I'm honestly shocked that she liked Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's it's interesting. No, I, I mean, I... I personally like the movie, but it doesn't seem something that Corinne would enjoy because it's violent and has nudity and is really like over the top. But it's weird and weird. But it's steeped in English literature tradition. No, I mean, it's a pretty faithful uh, uh, adaptation of the book. I've always said the book's not that great if you've read it. Um, It's a series of journal entries. Yeah, I mean, it's you can get get the gothic horror from it but mm-hmm. um I, I was never that i actually like frankenstein more as a book mm-hmm. my wife thinks i'm crazy she thinks frankenstein is the most boring book she's ever read i just think it's fascinating it, it, more it, boring it, than the princess bride <laughs> yeah i know it's, it's, i don't judge what my wife Frank, frankenstein's an amazing book because it actually deals with serious issues dracula is a tra- is a trashy love story book with a vampire yeah, I, 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 i'm you know, not saying that against bram stoker's dracula but but you know the the hard thing with frankenstein is written in 1799 so it yeah. has it's, it takes a while to get into and it could be boring but yeah. i just think it's fascinating and i think mary shelley's story is fascinating um when you have the history behind it and it's not for everybody but yeah. and fun fact about dracula though um tom waits was renfield all throughout time you know yeah. he's been around for centuries so <clears throat> Always serving Dracula. Gary Oldman's really cool, and I, I always thought his armor, with, like the the muscle, looked really cool. I mean, visually, it's a really cool movie. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I I still love the Simpsons parody of it with Mr. Burns. Oh yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> hey, you're fired. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Brad, I'd go around town with you, but I think your moped has a flat. It does. Oh. Well, maybe next week it'll be fixed. Uh, I'm, I, I have to stay home. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. Until yeah. the Esquire fixes itself. Yeah. That's weird that your moped and the Esquire are both <laughs> out of commission in the same week. It's like someone's someone's sabotaging my life. I know. That's fucked up. Mark Cuban's business fuels your moped. <laughs> that's right. So if it fails, the moped fails. You know, we only did this three days ago. But and is then, there yeah. is there movie news we can talk about? There's I like, don't know. Let's, let's unspool the reel and find out. We'll find out. It's real news. Um, there really is not that much. Um, just some s- small little articles. Um, so uh, there was a poll done for the most anticipated films of the coming year for um, USA Today by Fandango, and Avengers Endgame is the most anticipated. Star Wars is down on the list, actually, because Captain Marvel is like the second. So... Interesting to see how I'm not that surprised, even though I think The Last Jedi is an amazing film. I is so divisive for some reason. Um, I think it's also Star Wars fatigue a little bit. We'll see when it comes around. You know, I uh, when they start actually hyping it, you know, because they're going to they're going to announce the title soon and then people are going to get boners. Because I think what's interesting. Well, and I I mean, Star Wars fatigue, I I should have not spoken because that's maybe too soon, but. 
the press on episode nine has been relatively quiet compared to the past three films they put out. I, I think it's on purpose. I mean, because I, I remember The Last Jedi wasn't that big either this early. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole year before it comes out. Um, but the other uh, uh, ones on the list, uh, Captain Marvel number two, Star Wars number three, Spider-Man Far From Home number four. Um, I'm sure that doesn't that ranking doesn't match with Ryan's. You uh, know, I've always I'm actually concerned about Spider-Man fatigue because when I when I think about it, I mean, Spider-Man's going to be in movies for four straight years. And plus, he had, you know, two movies this year. Um, I don't think so. I mean, Spider-Man's the greatest superhero ever, but that's a lot of Spider-Man's. <laughs> well, that's a lot of Spider-Man's. Uh, it is. And, and Toy Story 4, Glass is number six, which is really nice. I, I actually appreciate that a lot. Yeah, it's tracking for a huge opening weekend. Yeah, so. yeah I know. Um, the Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo, and Joker, whatever that's going to be. I, I think Joker's interesting enough. I really want to see it. Um, I think it's still trolling James. That's the whole purpose I, of it, existing. I, the Dumbo, I'm still on the fence for, because I, I, I love Dumbo, the original, and... You're but you adding. Do not like Tim I mean, Burton. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like Tim Burton that much. So you're going to add another hour to a film that's only 65 minutes long, which is based on an even shorter book. And you can already. I mean, the trailer gives away a little bit. Colin Farrell loses an arm. I'm guessing in World War One because they have shots of him with an arm without an arm in it. Um, the Lion King. I mean, it looks cool. Um, they said it's not a shot-for-shot remake. And then I don't know about Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm not a big Will Smith fan. You know, I I like him sometimes, and then when he's winking at the camera, I'm not as big a fan of his. I would be less worried about Will Smith and just the overall film. Like, I think he would be my least worrisome part of that film. Um, I just I bet that trailer again, doesn't like inspire me. To, like, a, I know it's a teaser. But well, the trailer's like, nothing. I mean, it's, but but it's just but like also like I like Guy Ritchie, but like I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I, I don't know. Guy Ritchie's never really I, let me down. He hasn't. That's the thing. Like, but I'm just like, I don't want this to be the one where I don't like it. Because I haven't seen that one Madonna movie. But that that that. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be like one really creative like uh, thievery sequence. You know, I bet the the one like step ahead shot. it'll probably be pretty awesome. Yeah, where he's running from the guards and he's running through Agrabah. That might be pretty sweet. It'll probably be a single take thing. Yeah. yeah. If Gilbert Gottfried isn't the parrot again, I'll be angry. Well, I mean. He's not, so... Yeah, he's not, so well, then prepare this, to get well, mad. Well, then this movie's dead to me. Because Disney's not going to touch that dude with a 30-foot pole after this his... This movie is dead to me! <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I've, I've worked hard for years on that. Um, Kevin Feige... What for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Reasons? The Affleck commercials? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Reasons. Anyway. Um, so, um, in a interview with the Playback Podcast on Variety, uh, Kevin Feige talked about the incorporation of Fox characters into the MCU um, when that thing happens and gave a little like brief thing. Like it's looking very good and could happen within the next, uh, within the first six months of the next year in terms of the sale, like being finalized and stuff. So yeah, that's, but, but in terms of actually thinking about it and actually planning things, we haven't started yet at all. Well, so. yeah, cause I mean, you can't because once, this, I mean, I'm sure they have stuff on the back burner, but mm -hmm. I mean, I'd love to see Dr. Doom fight the Avengers, but we'll see. Me. Um, uh, we got a trailer for a uh, Amazon uh, series called the ABC Murders, which is um, a, a Agatha Christie um, uh, Her Hercule Poirot uh, trailer. The reason why I found it interesting is uh, John Malkovich is playing Hercule Poirot, uh, which 
we saw him border on the Orient Express, and I like Kenneth Branagh in it a lot, but I'm really I'm really down with Malkovich playing Hercule Poirot, and the trailer looks fun, so I would check that out. It uh, looks interesting. Um, and then uh, lastly, that Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie is now uh, officially titled A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So that seems like a nice title for the movie. And I keep on waiting for Tom Hanks to crash our podcast. I mean, he crashes weddings all the time. I know. Well, so did, and Bill Murray does the same thing. So what if they all came yeah, at the I'd, same time? I'd rather have Tom Hanks. I, I, I'm I not saying Tom because Hanks would be bad. Because Bill Murray would pout and like, you know, say our podcast sucks and not participate. That's fine. He, he wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> he would be wrong. I mean, he'd be wrong. But I would be like, you're Bill Murray, so you're not wrong until he leaves. And then I'll be like, what a jerk. Tom Hanks was scheduled to be on the podcast, but then he found out you were uh, becoming a regular. And then he's like, <laughs> I'll get back to you. Yeah. I, 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 hey, I'm the only one in America that likes the Robert Langdon movie. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <That> it's <is> true. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's news. I can't find anything else, guys. It's a barren wasteland. Blu-ray should be cool this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, yeah. Um, if you liked Bad Times at the El Royale, Dude, now I you love can, that movie. Now you can get it on 4K and Blu-ray. I need to watch it again because the the time it's, I saw uh, it, it was late at night, and I don't remember much of it now. Uh, speaking of which, our film explosion episode is next week. So send in your favorite films from this past year. Bad Times is oscillating in my top ten. Right. Well, let me ask you, will Night School be making the list? Didn't see it. Oh, well, uh, now you may have a chance before it's too late. On 4K and Blu-ray, you can pick up Night School, the Kevin Hart-Tiffany Haddish joint. Um, I saw it. You did? Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. yeah. It's part of my my quest. <laughs> that you completed. Yeah. I saw yeah. that you tweeted. Good yeah, job, Brad. Probably be talking How many about movie that. theaters did you? Oh, would you want to save it to what we've been watching? Nah, 43. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I went to five. <laughs> <laughs> You have a long way to go. <laughs> I got Dude. a rock. Um, uh, Axel or AXL, which is a Robo Dog movie that I didn't know anything about. Really, I saw that movie trailer so many times. I did I not, know. so I guess I lucked out. Uh, but that's coming to Blu-ray. There's no 4K that I can see at all. Um, also, uh, Kevin Ken Burns Civil War is coming to Blu-ray. I guess for the first time, I because I've never seen it available for Blu-ray before. But in so, the early morning. All I could see was the <laughs> shots holding over the Potomac. And all I could remember is <laughs> that I that I missed my girl. And and my son, little Timmy. It's the best flute I can do while I'm <laughs> fucked up the road. And I knew that when the morn approached, we'd be fighting. General Sherman walked <laughs> while the podcast would implode on its own bit. Ryan was steadfast and kept it to, kept it going on through the night. Uh, I guess also the Vietnam War one that uh, he did is also getting like another like reissue or something. So them Charlies over there ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> That's what I said to sweet Lucinda. <laughs> sweet Lucinda, Lucinda, please think of me whilst <laughs> before I got both my legs blown off. Wow. And they call me Sergeant Stubby, which you can also see an animated film of. <laughs> this is a character that needs to be on a shirt. Oh, my that God. That seriously, like, scratched my throat. Wow. Golly. Um, Ain't doing that one again. And I guess also they're doing The War, a Ken Burns film, which is a World War II, the World War II one that he did, which is good. Let's go, boys. Let's fight those 
Nazis, Nazis and we're going to go over that hill. We're going to take care of Hitler. That's what we're going to do, you see? We're going to pop him in the mouth. Yeah. Get him, boys. Knock that mustache right off his face. <laughs> <laughs> we're the most stereotypical GIs from World War II. <laughs> I want a spinoff podcast with those two characters. Where's my Hershey bar? <laughs> <laughs> Buy war bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, everybody can help. Even you, little Timmy. <laughs> Can't afford a bond? Buy some war stamps. Uh, so anyway, that's Blue Race. <laughs> uh, I actually rewatched uh, Bad Times with my uh, parents a couple days ago. <laughs> um, and the guy on the film reel isn't JFK, as I as I as I thought. It's uh, there's another senator around that time that was uh, implicated in something similar. Mm. Uh, so they, hey, did, they, did you watch a making of it or something? No, the movie. Oh. Isn't the point of it though that they don't really discuss exactly who it is? It's more just I don't know. it's not a MacGuffin, but it's... yeah. But like when we were talking about it, because oh yeah, 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 they kind of left the movie feeling like uh, you know they didn't weren't sure what to get out of, out of it either. Yeah, I I, I, I want to watch it again when I'm not when it's not yeah. ten at night and I'm. <laughs> but when I told them like the I thought the person on the film was JFK, and my mom's like, no, no, there was another senator oh. around that time that had that thing. So like, because okay. yeah, it's more of a senator. It, it's described as a senator in the yeah. movie. Then is it Ted, Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick? No, no, that's because he. They, well, I don't know if they've had. They couldn't bring up his name, but they were like, "Yeah, there was hmm. another guy around that time that." Hmm. And it wasn't a Kennedy or nothing. Now I have to think. Now hmm. I have to watch you. Maybe there'll be a special feature. They'll tell me. I'm no, sure. I, th- I think they might just leave it vague. I'm sure some year end like top ten blog that has it on their, that movie on their list probably has a. It already Broke figured it out. Yeah. Actually, this senator was none other than Senator Blank. I don't know. That was my impression <laughs> of a blog. Senator Blank flew across <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean to fight the Nazis. I'll tell you what. I'll take those Nazis on. I'll take them on real good. And I'll punch them in the faces. See? And they won't even know what's coming. Senator Blank was steadfast in his resolve <laughs> to defeat the Nazi scum. That was my blend of, like, Cary Grant and something. <laughs> Cary Grant meets the announcer for a newsreel. You know what I love about Cary Grant is his besides English his accent. Good looks. No, besides that, but his, like his English accent was like never defined. I think that's why he was so popular. It's, he kind of had that New England kind of. Yeah, talk. It, it sounds like he's literally coming out of like like the, the same uh, area as uh, Catherine Hepburn. A little yeah, Catherine Hepburn. I'm going to take my cat down the street. <laughs> Ryan, I love hanging out with you. <laughs> What would Cary Grant say? <laughs> Go on, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. You're nothing but garbage. I love Cary Grant. Oh, God. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. Hey, we watch movies, too, in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch? Oh, man, am I going to be able to get through this? Um, <laughs> I watched a couple things. Uh, I watched Batman Bad Blood. I like that one. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, it's it's interesting. To, like it's it's Batman doesn't. Yeah, he's not the plot. Like, yeah. he's part of the plot, but he's not. So you get Batman's to see all a Batman. He's not a plot. Uh, he gets abducted, so it's up to the rest of the Bat family to yeah shine and um you know you get, you get a lot of insight into like character development for Batwoman. I really like Batwoman, so it's kind of cool to see her, and she's represented really well in that film. Yeah, although it's the one guy who looks like Jason X. Slash Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I would love that hybrid. Uh, he's like a cool villain, and then yeah. doesn't make it to the end of the movie like yeah. really quickly. It's like oh, he should have kept that like idea around longer because 
Yeah, you know, if you can wade through, like I, I'm not, a, I haven't watched the Superman because I'm just not a big Superman fan. But I think the Batman of those DC anime movies are pretty good. I haven't ran across one that hasn't, I haven't enjoyed. Yeah, like uh, Batman versus Robin, I thought was great. Yeah, I've watched, watched that one yet. Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood's I amazing. I haven't seen that one in a while. John DiMaggio's Joker is so much better than I would ever thought it would be. Ah. Um, then I also watched uh, the Anthony Hopkins, Ryan Gosling movie thriller Fracture. Oh, that's an old oh. one. Which I hadn't seen before. Um, From 07, that's a, right? Yeah. That's been a while. Yeah. Um, not sure what the title really refers to other than like he, he re- finds a fracture in the plane because that's his job. <laughs> it refers to... Start the movie. It refers that's to his foot. That's a Stephen King adaptation, right? Is that right? No, I'm thinking of another Anthony Hopkins one. Hearts in Atlantis. <laughs> They're two very different yeah. films. Uh, it was fine. It was, you know, it's kind of a just an interesting crime thriller. Mm. Um, Anthony Hopkins' like plan is pretty like it's it's cool to see him be like play with Ryan yeah, Gosling, toy with him at all. I, I vaguely yeah, remember he, it. Yeah, he shoots his wife because she's cheating on him with Billy Burke. Mm. Um, oh, I can understand why. <laughs> and then, uh, and actually, uh, his wife is um, Sheila from Army of Darkness. Oh, that's right, and yeah. Beth Davids. She uh, so she's in a coma, and then um, you Honey, know you got real ugly. <laughs> um, Anthony Hopkins, you know, it's all part of this elaborate plan of his to get off with you know her murder, um, scot free, and then Ryan Gosling like pretty much loses everything in this quest to like win the case because that's his uh, weakness is winning. Um, right. So he has like Rosamund Pike is this lawyer at another firm that he's trying to get hired at. I love her. And so he basically just like burns all his bridges over there in pursuit of the case. So I remember that movie's actually pretty solid. Yeah. Like, uh, the end's a little like, you know, Ryan Gosling shows up at Anthony Hopkins' house and like gets the gun that they're looking for. And then they just kind of like, it's, you know, it's like yeah. a mustache twirling villain. Like, yeah. I found out your plan. You see, <laughs> let me explain it to you like a bond villain. <laughs> so, but I remember, like, the performances are pretty solid. Yeah, like, Anthony Hopkins is having a lot of fun with it because mm-hmm. he, he has to play, you know, initially he plays dumb, and then he plays smart, and then he plays, like, yeah, you know, murderer. And then he plays jazz piano, dances with Emma Stone. Anthony Hopkins? No, oh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Just doesn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also watched... Uh, also, I've been sick. I'm watching, like, so Prime has a bunch of old game shows, so I watch, like, Supermarket Sweep. And... <laughs> Did you know there's a Double Dare before Double Dare with Alex Trebek? What? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, same premise where they have to, like, I get in big so. teeth? <laughs> like, he's, like, super nervous on the show. Like, even the second episode, he, he, like, when he hosts, he comes back and says, like, well, now that all my, like, hosting jitters are out of the way, like, let's get this show going. <laughs> and um, people are, like, stuck in separate pods, and then when... You know, they both get the same clue, but when the one person answers it, they close the other person's pod, and then they so they can't hear the the answer and stuff. Mm. Um, but like all the questions are just like, here's a reference to a famous person, name the famous person. And it's just it's really, like really hard to follow. Mm. But I think it's the same thing as like Nickelodeon's Double Dare simplified it and made it like, more accessible. Slime. Yeah, you know. I used to love the old game show. I forget what it's called, but it used to it's like Scrabble, but you got like the big word blocks, and they put them in the slot and it'd pop up what was oh, it yeah. called uh, that's scrabble is it just scrabble yeah with chuck Woolery. yeah yeah can't remember if it's just is it just scrabble yeah hmm. i love that like plethora of that shit on prime i like unsolved mysteries on prime yeah that's my favorite thing the only problem is like stuff like supermarket supermarket sweep like in huge chunks 
back to back is super repetitive. Like <laughs> the host comes out, says the exact same lines over and over again. And you know, I want to check to see if they have Hollywood squares on there. <laughs> I've been watching uh, on YouTube MXC. I used to love that show is a really old one on G4 where it was like this old Japanese game show. Oh, and then yeah. they have the dudes just comment over it. And I just watched the stoners versus like the vegans. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, Binging a lot of that, but the main, the other two things I watched were I saw Vice, the mm. Dick Cheney biopic, I guess. Yeah. Um, not as fun as the Big Short. Um, meanders a lot. It makes a lot of weird choices. Uh, almost like it's just trying too hard mm. to like be clever. At one point, I think it was 15 minutes in, and then he started the opening credits. I was wow. like, oh, you like already introduced his entire college experience and backstory, and now we're starting the movie when he's like starting in politics. Mm. Um. Um. I mean, everyone's really good in it. Christian Bale does an excellent job. Like, you know, I feel like I'm watching Dick Cheney mm. for real. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah. Um. But again, and uh, you know, there's the issue of like how much is he biased in his portrayal yeah. of this thing. So I, I yeah, I, I'm guessing it's not a straight like biography. Yeah. No, it's. It's pretty uh, silly um, in a lot of places, and, but at the end it does do uh, like there's a post credit scene where there's a, like a, a Democrat and Republican in a focus group, and they mm. start arguing about like you know the one guy says like I think this movie was really biased, you know why do you say that and then they get into arguments. So he at Fine. least knows that he's probably like going to get that criticism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, and then like they fight, and then there's like a girl who's like I can't wait till the Fast and the Fur- next Fast and the Furious movie comes out. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. And then the last thing I saw was uh, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, also question mark biopic. On, uh, on the basis of sex? On the basis of sex, uh, which is really not really, it's not really about her life. It's just about her landmark, like, introduction mm. into being a lawyer. Because um, they don't really talk about her upbringing or anything. It's just kind of like they start off when she's just uh, starting in college and then. And who played Felicity Jones? Who plays uh, Felicity Jones yeah. plays Ginberg. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, not Army was... Hammer. Don't worry, it's not Army yeah. Hammer. <laughs> um, and everyone's great in it too. Um, but it's just kind of like you know, it's it's high stakes, but like low scope. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of scenes are like in Harvard or mm. their apartment or the Supreme Court. Like, there's not a lot of globe trotting or anything. You know, like a big budget movie or something. You know, <laughs> I forgot Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg also found the Ark of the Covenant. That's That'd right. Awesome. Yeah. They didn't she talk could. about that in the movie. You know, all you have to say is based on true events. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does actually. Does it? Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, we'll learn more about her, which is really cool. Nice. Obviously, did some amazing things. Did you see the doc RBG at all? No, I haven't seen it yet. So, although uh, she does show up in this movie at the in the finale. Um, once Felicity Jones goes up the steps, mm-hmm. like they cut the reverse shot of her, and then it's uh, the actual Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like oh, in slow mo. That's pretty cool. It's a little cheesy, but yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, it's it's. But my audience cheered, so I tra- liked it. The, tra- the trailer that was that they kept showing throughout it suggested that this was like, like I like the movie Marshall a lot, the Thurgood Marshall one. So it seems like on the same kind of yeah level with that. It's basically just trying this one case, you know. Yeah, this is it's that, where that, she finds that it's the one case that ex- exposes all the discriminatory stuff in like the u.s law so mm-hmm. through this one they're able to fan out and attack all the other ones so yeah yeah that's <laughs> it for me you made it brad you actually sounded pretty good, good all job. right zach 
Um, I watched a couple things, not a whole bunch though. Um, uh, I couples too. <laughs> couple. Uh, okay, fine. More than a couple. Um, uh, I watched Howard the Duck for the first time. For the uh, first time? Yep. I because I had told you um uh, back two years ago I had not seen this movie ever. Um, I'd only read the comics. Zach, I don't remember what you said two days ago. So uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I I'd, I'd only known it from the comics and like just kind of like the general <laughs> thing that it's doing through the comics. Howard the, the Duck. duck. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do that that's at all. That's a great Tim Robbins impression. Um, so uh, so yeah, this film. So it's not. I don't think it's the dumpster fire that the reputation. It's 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 the reputation of it being so shitty. I'm like, this is fine. No, I think it suffers from not <laughs> knowing what it wants to be. Does it want to be like a naughty like duck trying to fuck a chick movie, or is it like a silly way too long? They're flying a hang glider. Like, yeah, it's probably too long. It, yeah, I think that the. the problems with it is so the howard the duck elements of it like in terms of the comic are actually pretty on point but they meander into differentish territory that like like the jeffrey jones thing's all weird <laughs> it's weird but he's pretty good at it, it. he's good it's just that it's fucking weird and like the the tim robbins character i think is only hilarious on its own i don't think it works in that movie at all because he's like he's doing something completely different than is necessary for like Leah Thompson gets it. She gets what this movie is. I don't know what Tim Robbins thinks he's doing. So either he, I, I don't, I don't know. It's I, mean, felt, I think it, that's where it struggles because I mean the opening is them looking at Play Duck, where it's you know pretty it's a, adult, and then it goes to really juvenile humor really fast. It it has a hard time balancing its yeah mature humor with it with its slapstickiness, which like slapstickiness isn't bad, but like that whole. The whole idea of that comic is a commentary on the cu- culture of the '70s at the time, and then like expanding onward into the through the through those books. So, I think it gets a lot of things right. I also think it does a lot of things weirdly. Uh, the duck suit's fine. I'm convinced it it doesn't uh, yeah, look. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't bother that, me. That's a, that's a thing where I look at like critic, shoddy editing does. Cl- yeah, like critic reviews of the day. I'll read like the, like the cheap duck suit, and I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's what 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 were you thinking you'd get like? That's like 1986. Like I think the only other thing you could have done to make it look better is if it was a Muppet by Jim Henson, and even then it would limit half the things you're doing. So, because that duck suits by ILM, it's not by the Henson company. Um, I mean, they worked together on Star Wars, so they're using the same like yeah, exactly source knowledge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I enjoy it. Um. Enough. I would I watch it again? I don't know. Like. I have the DVD now, so I guess I can do it whenever I want. Um, I do like Leah Thompson in the film, though she's fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, actually the whole scene of the all the stuff in the diner is really hilarious. Like it 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 goes on for too long, but I I really do enjoy those moments. Um, uh, but yeah, so Howard the Duck, not not the not maybe its reputation's been a little overblown. Um, but the guys who did it, uh, Willard Hike and uh, Gloria Katz, uh, also made a movie that I love called Radio Land Murders, which I rewatched. Uh, that movie is great still. Um, I enjoyed that slapstick. Um, all the times that I watched that film, I didn't realize that one of the guys in it was Bobcat Goldthwait playing one of the uh, insane writers who keeps trying to hit each other people with a baseball bat. It's pretty fun. Um, it's... Uh, it's a film that I every time I watch it I try to understand why people didn't connect with it at the time and I think I 
<coughs> just kind of have accepted that it's like a cult thing that's kind of grown over the years. But like, it is very on the nose with its slapstick to an annoying point for I think anybody who wouldn't be into it. Like I think you and I would like it. And, oh yeah, like, you like I mean, it, but it's the screwball thing it's, is yeah, very prevalent in that film. Exactly, but like I think that. <laughs> it doesn't like tend to be the screwball that people want. It's it, it's weird. It's, yeah. it's homage and screwball at yeah. the same time. So it has a weird combo mix. Um, but like, and also I was just like noticing all the cameos this time around, like Joey Lawrence plays a Frank Sinatra type singer in it at one point. He's literally only in the film for like 30 seconds. Same with Rosemary Clooney. Um, and then Steven Tobolowsky, I think he's, one of cinema's greatest villains, and that's one of cinema's greatest plot twists that nobody ever talks about. Um, so, uh, so it was fun. Uh, but the last thing I watched this week was uh, <coughs> um, uh, the movie that inspired Radio Land Murders was a film that I have not watched in years called Who Done It, which is a Abbott and Costello film. So I found it on Prime, and I sat down and watched it again, and that film's a lot of fun. Um, it's only an hour and seventeen minutes. Tells the story of Bud and Lou uh, play two soda jerks who uh, work at a soda fountain near a radio studio. And the only reason they're working there is so that they can find a way to sneak into the business of writing in their own radio show. And they go to one of the recordings of a show and somebody's murdered in uh, the station. And so they pretend to be detectives in order to get famous solving the case so that they'll get their own radio show. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. It's a fun little film. It's not the best Abbott and Costello film by any stretch. But, and we talked about this before, much how like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein acts like a good horror movie with the, with the visual language and stuff. This one acts like a really good noir, early noir, like seedy murder movie. Um, like the visual uh, aesthetic and the cinematography of this little comedy is actually really interesting. The lighting is like it's it's pretty cool like it uses german expressionism a lot to its advantage in terms of like how do you make this radio studio seem terrifying while silly at the same time um but it also does some of my favorite things that an abbott movie because abbott and costello movie can do like there's one moment where abbott gets scared and he runs through a door a glass door and you cut to the next shot and it's just a a, a cutout of lou costello um, perfectly formed and but then they repeat it twice over as if though he went through three different doors awesome. um, and then there's a bit where they're on the radio uh, getting a uh, prize that they won over the radio and they get a new radio on top of that and they tune it in to see if it works and they tune into the who's on fi first bit and both Abbott and Costello say shut it off and it's just it's a cute little meta moment um, so yeah um, it's on Prime if you want to check it out um, totally it's a lot of fun and then one last thing, it's not film-related, but it is film-related. Um, I uh, listened to a biography on Audible called uh, George Lucas, A Life. Um, and I now understand why George Lucas left uh, outside of the obvious reason of $4 billion and kind of just like being fed up with Star Wars fans and whatnot. There was a lot of things he wasn't able to get done, and I forgot one of those things was Red Tails. Like, the whole things with Red Tails, like, really, like, seemed to dishearten him with Hollywood. Like that was like the, the final thing that cut him off from it. Um, which I don't, Hollywood's a very big, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Exactly. Not, not a legacy of what you've made. Right. Well, and it's when, and with red tails, I think it's especially 
interesting how it was so difficult to get that film released and now that tide has changed so quickly in the past three or four years and whatnot in terms of the reasons it was having difficulty getting released being that it was a film with an all-black cast that was about a very specific subject that no one wanted to no one knew how to market at that point which i'm which i agree with lucas how do you not know to market that that's that's dumb so um but it's a pretty interesting book um they talked a lot about the uh the whole reason he started working on the prequels finally was because the digital technology had finally caught up and the way they figured out that it caught up was in radio land murders when they used the cgi technology to build half that set that's in that movie so once again, old time radio is responsible for something terrible happening, whether it's this your guys' reaction on a podcast or the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Phantom Menace has its place. I was, but I'll say though, watching Radio Land Murders, I had a hard time telling like what was what have been CGI and would have been. So it clearly still works. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all I watched this week. Yeah, I only watched two things, so that'd be a couple. Um, <laughs> I. I was out of Walmart that I've never been to before. I had to get a new broom. It, uh, <laughs> to get so, a new broom. So I was there, and then I saw they had the VHS. Like, broke off in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Where's the lube? Um, the they had the VHS Blu-rays there that I've been looking for, and uh, I got one called Silent Rage, which is a Chuck Norris film. And in this film, Chuck Norris goes against a guy who's been genetically enhanced for superhuman strength. And so the beginning of the movie is like this slasher film where this guy's going crazy because he's on all these steroids. And then he takes an axe and hacks up people. And then Chuck Norris is there to, you know, kick his ass. Mm -hmm. And then the cops shoot him, but he doesn't die. He heals. How can Chuck Norris kill a guy that heals really quickly? Well, Silent Rage will answer these questions for you. So, like, when you say horror film, you talking like, like slashery or are you talking yeah the about dude picks up an axe and starts hacking people up well i know but like i'm, I'm thinking more in terms of like since it's a chuck norris movie i'd imagine more like a th- action thriller but. well they try to make it like that but it's just a really cheap like knockoff of it came out in 83 so it's in the height of friday the 13th and and things mm-hmm. like that so okay. it has that vibe of <laughs> you know it's a slasher not a slasher film. So it's got a dash of slasher. Yeah, but it. then so Flounder from Animal House is his deputy. And oh, that sounds amazing! Now I want to watch. This yeah, movie. Oh, you should see it anyways because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. So for about forty minutes in the middle, the super genetic monster dude uh-huh. is in a lab with Ron Silver as the doctor, and so in the meantime they got to fill time with Chuck Norris. So there's this like biker gang that has a party at a diner. Where they're pouring beer on women's boobs and like sucking it off, and then Chuck Norris goes in and like kicks all their asses, about thirty of them. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but pretty fun because it's so ridiculous. I have to borrow this um, right now. This yeah, it's uh, so yeah, it's called Silent Rage. <laughs> I won't I won't spoil how it ends, but just remember, how is Chuck Norris going to stop somebody that heals? He's like the Wolverine before. The, well, I guess Wolverine. I, I imagine came out before in that, etern- but I imagine an eternal battle like Gandalf and the Balrog in Two Towers. And you couldn't make it now. My wife pointed this out. She is watching it with me. There's a part where Chuck Norris meets his ex girlfriend, and she's driving in a car. And you just met this woman, and he leans over and starts. I'm going to do it on Zach. Starts like rubbing her arm. And he's he's saying, "Come on, you know you want to help." And she's help, help. And she says, "There's no way I'm going to sleep with you." The next scene is literally her naked sleeping with him. I'm going, "Wow, 
Didn't Chuck Norris, Norris have a problem with saying like bad words in oh, the Expendables yeah. movies? <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he eventually changed. Cause if you watch his old stuff, whether it's Missing in Action or other stuff, I mean, he has Delta no problem. Force. I don't know if he does. He cussing him? I don't know if he cusses, but he does have lots of nudity and lots of violence. Um, but but no, yeah, but you're, no you are correct. So it must have changed later on in his life. Yeah. It's it's similar to the problem I've had with the Clint Eastwood films as of late. Like I'm just like, as especially through the lens in the past two years, I'm like, oh, half these things would not be done. Yeah, at not all. like I I mean I don't read that much into it, but you know no, it, but... it's it's such a paper thin introduction of a woman and her whole purpose there is for her to be naked. I mean he eventually I mean wines and dines her guys. I mean after he says I'm sorry and then. There's another montage of them like having <laughs> sex with rapes. It's it's early '80s. We're trying to put in as much violence and nudity as we can, is and as, still get an R rating. Is it as romantic as Samurai Cop? <laughs> uh, yes. The most romantic action movie ever made. No. <laughs> um, I was towards the end of the year. Ron Tomatoes puts out editorials of. These are the highest rated <laughs> comedy, horror, action, whatever. Right. So I was going through in um, the horror section. There's a movie called Terrifier, which is um, a story about a killer clown. And this clown actually popped up at Telluride Horror Show in All Hallows Eve, which I did. I know, I've been seeing like the look of the clown. I'm like, I swear we've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. Telluride like years ago in some anthology movie. Yeah. So he was in an anthology and I don't remember. I remember not being that impressed with it. Um, this movie, however... Um, if it had more money, uh, it's there's it's pretty gruesome. And the dude who plays his name's Art the Clown is pretty scary. Um, the 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 film starts with um, uh, this lady on a talk show talking about how she was disfigured, and then it cuts to Halloween night, and these two drunk girls are walking to their car, and Art the Clown's just sitting there like waving at them. <laughs> and so throughout the whole film, he's uh, chasing these women. And murdering people. I mean, there's uh, the effects are pretty awesome. If it had more money, it'd be pretty amazing. Uh, because where it loses it, and it's not it's not the director's fault, but you, you can tell he doesn't have money because he, his shots, he can't go full broke on the shots. Um, but the guy who plays Art the Clown is amazing. There's a the 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 goriest and most heinous scene is that he captures one of these girls and um, he captures both of them and. This one girl's hanging upside down and he like takes her like underwear off and takes a saw and fucking saws her down the middle. And I'm watching this. I'm going, holy shit. What and, the what? and blood is like pouring out in intestines. Um, the All music right. isn't very good. Um, again, I think it's a budget thing because you can tell it's a really electronic. Um, if they added, uh, you know, more of an orchestra to it. Um, but it's there like the groundwork for a really solid slasher film is there and it's it's pretty unnerving. I mean, um, the the staging of the stuff, too, you can tell I don't have a lot of money for it. But if you can get past that and just focus on the dude who plays the clown and uh, why he's scary, because he really does it for no reason. And I think that's part of, you know, the Michael Myers thing, except he's really front and center. The clown is always around. And is he like um, a charismatic clown because that smile on the poster. Looks yeah, so suspiciously Pennywise ish. It's I don't think he ever talks. Right? He doesn't yeah. say a word. And in fact, when he gets hurt, he doesn't scream. He just Ooh. just reacts. Um, he does he always smile or does he have a frown? Oh, uh, he has a frown. And uh, there's there's a scene early in the film <laughs> where so the girls see him outside and they go, "Oh, you're creepy, whatever." And um, 
So then they go into a pizza shop and he follows him in there and he just sits and stares at this girl. And the scene's, I don't know, five, six minutes long. And he doesn't do anything else except stare at this chick. And then her other friend goes over there and does a selfie with him, but he never breaks his vision on this woman. Whoa. So it's really well done. Um, so I, I expect it to have another movie because I think it's at 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really bizarre for a film that's this like graphic. And I mean, the premise is just a clown killing people. There's no. It seems like a throwback ish kind of thing. No, it's. There's just no a, greater. Nope. Human. Nope. Discovery. Nope. Just a clown killing people. Nope. There's some parts, like I said, if it, <laughs> if it had more money and there's some like narrative things that I don't no really like. No insight on the human condition. Yeah. What I meant to say. They have this one weird lady who carries like a doll around and thinks that's her baby. There's some weird things in it that you can. Oh, it's an allegory about motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> so if they got rid of that stuff and had a little more money, I think this would be a classic slasher film. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is expensive, so I don't think I'm going to. You can you can stream it on Netflix. Um but the the reverse cover is like the chick who's upside down getting sawed. Uh-huh. Like wow, that's pretty brutal. And I mean, it's it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. Uh-huh. They don't show too much, but the reaction of her friend and what he's doing and the sound effects is like, uh-huh. and just seeing the guts pour out. It's it's pretty bad. And then I mean, they show him going down to like her skull and stuff, like trying to saw it. Jesus so. Uh, if you want to see a movie that will push the limits, it's it's one of them. I won't say what happens at the end, but um, there's a pretty horrific scene at the end, too, that doesn't make sense. And the people that are interacting in it are trying to make sense of what's happening. And uh, Art the Clown, he doesn't talk. So his, his last little bit is uh, pretty great. Not the very, very end. I'm talking about the climax of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, if, you can check it out. It's on Netflix called Terrifier. I'd have to think about if I want to watch that or not. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's I'm, I'm, it, it's fake, Zach. It's okay. No, no, no. no just <laughs> yeah, it's you. you that that you, that that. I mean, you got to be ready to experience. I mean, I wasn't ready for. It. I had no idea. Yeah, because I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this is kind of creepy, you know. But what, but the the budget constraints started like yeah. getting in the way. That's, that, well, that's that's um, more my thing. It's just like um, because it, when you have a 4K TV, you um, can see everything. It it. Uh, when stuff's shot digitally and it doesn't have um, the money behind it for lighting, it mm-hmm. kind of shows up. Um, so it hurts a little bit, but then the, the character of Art the Clown really kind of brings you back into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's it's super violent and it doesn't pull any punches. I, I I mean, it's not that it would seem too scary, although that kill does not inspire. No, much. it's you know what's, it's brutal. You know what? I mean, what makes me want to watch it, though, is that that, that clown straight up looks like a cross between Lon Chaney and Conrad oh, yeah. had a butt baby. So I really want to see how terrifying it is. Yeah, I mean, and there's I mean, there's even parts where he uses a gun. Like, he doesn't care. Whoa. And, uh, I mean, there's there's one death that's it's pretty brutal. And so just if you're going to watch it, I'm telling everybody, be prepared. Because um, they show things and they go to the extremes in this film. I never like it when horror movies, like with, with when characters like that use a gun for their killing device. Like I don't know it's, why. For him, it works because he he's a lot like he doesn't have. Again, you don't know what his motivation is. They don't say what it is. I can't remember All Hallows Eve. Do you remember it at all? I think there's like a there's a kid who was celebrating Halloween. Yeah, I can't in remember like a brownstone or something. Yeah, and uh, he was all alone and the, yeah, the, I remember the clown just kind of just standing around, just smiling all the time. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I, I'm sure it's probably on Prime too. I can probably find it. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to see a balls to wall slasher film that's super gory, then yeah, um, check out Terrifier. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not. I don't oppose him using a gun because yeah, it's, it's a fucking movie. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's he's mean with it, and he uh, he's really mean in the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, he has he doesn't care, and I think that's what's creepy about him. He doesn't make a sound. You know, he'll get stabbed in it, and he'll just put his head back and not make it. It's really bizarre, um, but it works really well. I think he's gonna. If this movie catches on, I think it'll be a like a new horror icon because he's like he's that creepy. And maybe another movie, maybe with more money. Especially this one debuted at Telluride actually in 2016, and it didn't get released on Blu-ray until I think March. Who put it out? I don't even know the company. Um, I think it might be one of those um, like dark on un- like uh, Blue Underground or something. No, not even that big. I think it's gonna be. Like on demand because I think it's twenty eight dollars. That's a lot for a freaking Blu ray. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh my company. That's right. I forgot we are putting yes. out Terrifier guys. Cool. So yeah, I brought the whole podcast down with blood and guts. Um, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Aquaman. Brad, should people see Aquaman? Um, it's a it's a pretty film, but uh, man, is it dumb. Uh, is probably the worst script I've ever watched in the, in the Marvel era um is is uh, just a lot of a lot of exposition a lot of people like the emotion isn't real for me in a lot of stuff um it's it's a bummer um so i i get i think if you, if you like spectacle you'll still enjoy it cuz it is like this the action sequences and the set pieces are beautiful um and detailed but like you know, just as a as a story, it's just not interesting. Zach, um, I'm gonna go on the opposite route of this, but not too Fuck far. You. off. you, <laughs> but not too far off. Um, He's right. You're wrong. Yeah. No. When are you gonna get through your head that I'm right and you're wrong? <laughs> I, I I knew that the moment I met you, Brad. Uh, no. Um, take all your opinions and keep them in your pocket. Okay. Oh God, my pocket's tearing up. Um. I'll just take this one out then. Um, I actually had a lot of fun with this film, but I will definitely concede this is this is dumb, but it knows it's dumb, and I don't think it gives a shit, and that's fine by me. Um, I guess I had no real expectation for an Aquaman movie, whether it was DCEU or not, so I had fun with it. I like whatever James Wan did to it clearly worked and kept me entertained. It's a little longer than I think I would have wanted it to be, but other than that, I couldn't. What was I going to expect out of the Aquaman movie other than, I don't know, just have some fun? So, so yeah, I'd say go see it. Uh, I'm in Brad's boat. I, that this movie exists is pretty amazing in its own right. Yeah. Um, I, I was, as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, these set pieces are pretty amazing. Like, the visual effects are pretty amazing in this film. And then you're sitting there going, oh, but this is a story about a dude who talks to fish. And no matter how cool they try to make Aquaman, he will never be that cool. You know, it's um, I. For all the charisma Jason Momoa has, I think he's really miscast. Um, I I you know, I his emotional impact doesn't have any for me. And same with Mara. I'm like, where's this chemistry here? It's it's your um, a wooden character. Uh, it is fun. Um, I'm definitely in the minority. At the end of my screening, people cheered. Yeah, mine too. It was weird. I, I think it's something that DC needs to add some levity to their uh, movies. However, 
watching it, I do miss my Man of Steel. I do miss, and I, people can make fun of me all they want. I do miss Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh, dude, um, I still miss him. I think is a course reset, um, and they got the right tone. I think it does benefit from James Wan as a director. There's a couple shots in it that I'll talk about after uh, we play the trailer. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people have already seen it. If you like comic book movies, there's worse comic book movies. It's just, um, I and mean, also you're obligated to go as a fan. Like, it, you, you have and, to. It's and required. It's, and it's, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, the the underwater scenes are pretty spectacular. Um, there's only a couple times, like, eh. but I mean, as far as the monsters, and I think the the creatures looked really great in it. Um, but here, here's a trailer for Aquaman. Woohoo! My man. Legend has it that one day a new king will come who will use the power of the trident to put Atlantis back together again. It's the exact spot that Volko gave me my first swimming lesson. I already know how to swim. Not even close. You have to forget all the teaching of the surface world. Go deeper. Uncover your Atlantean instincts. He spent his entire life training. Training to be the best. My parents made me what I am. I am the protector of the deep. In this trident resides the power of Atlantis. In the wrong hands, it would bring destruction. But in the hands of the true heir, it would unite above and below. The time has come for Atlantis to rise again. We must stop him. And how do you propose we do that? By retrieving this. I already got one of those. Not like this one you don't. The war is coming to the surface whether you like it or not. Mother always knew you were special. She believed you'd be the one to unite our two worlds. Atlantis has always had a king. Now I need something more. But what could be greater than a king? Yeah, there's a lot of great things with it, but like the story is just oh. such a it's such a bad script. It like, is and because you know the dialogue's cheesy and like and not even fun cheesy. It's yeah. like just dumb cheesy. So when I th- think of bad scripts it's when i have to be told what's happening in the movie without it happening does that make sense yep. there's a part where they're riding in her uh like fish thing and she's telling him <laughs> about the pocket of air when they're in this sunken ship you're like i just it drives me crazy it's yeah, it's basically I... talking down to you like you don't understand what's happening and none of this will mean anything to the rest of the story later <laughs> like yeah. talking about how the like there's the immigration like yeah narrative that doesn't really have anything to do with him like 
Because the other thing that's missing from the story is like, what does Aquaman earn? Like he finds yeah. an artifact and suddenly he's like the king of Atlantis. Like, what in his soul has changed? Nothing. Yeah. Um, he beats his brother because he like he just gets the better of him because he yeah he can I, fight on land and not water. Like, like I think Patrick Wilson's pretty great in it as Ocean Master. Oh God, I, I think I think he has a Ocean Master. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's a character's name in the, from the comics. I figured it was from the comics, but still, it's like it just sounds like something like two kids in a playground are yeah, playing. It like, sounds stupid, but I think he plays it really well. Yeah. I think he's he's pretty good in it. Um, oh, yeah, well, you're the king. Well, I'm going to be Ocean Master. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but honestly, too, I think Black Manta was pretty cool. He's a cool character, yeah. but like, but, his, but they waste him in the worst. But it's, way. here's where the inconsistencies too in the script really bother me. So at the beginning, um, Aquaman is saving this Russian submarine that's being pirated by which Black you, Manta. Which, what are they, they going to steal from, like, a military submarine? Well, I mean, he used I it. I guess later there is a false flag attack. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, so in it, um, Black Manta and his dad are fighting, and they shoot Aquaman with a grenade launcher. Later, when Aquaman is fighting Black Manta... He stabs him with the shitty knife that his dad gave him, and it like hurts him. I'm Which like, I'm he... guessing must be made of Atlantean steel, because no, that's the only thing that can penetrate him. Well, because no, he's because he got that one from his dad that, from I, World I, War Two. No, I yeah. think, Well, I don't see. I'm gonna. No, I'm trying to explain it. I know. I'm just yeah. saying. Like that, I'm watching. Like, wait, he just got shot with a rocket launcher. Yeah, guys, I'm gonna blow your guys' mind. That isn't the same knife because the new knives that he got for his little like sheath thing or whatever, or he says, I have Atlantean steel now. So I'm like, no, it's, that must be what he kills him with because I did no, not see it's, that knife ever No, again. it's the same knife because he unsheathed it and stabs ah, him with it. I don't remember that. Jesus. Yeah. Well, then, um, that just, so then, that's, just, then that's another dumb thing. Just I can't. inconsistencies in it. I mean, the movie's fun. Um, that's that's the reason why I'd endorse I mean, seeing it. I mean, I I laughed out loud at one part. It was at the very beginning when they made like the Aquaman like, clever part sexy like Oh. Which one are you talking about? I talked about the selfie gag. Oh, yeah. Like, the you selfie think there's going to be a bar brawl, yeah. and it's like, oh, he's wanting to get a selfie. Like, yeah, that, like, was, that good. was cool. And but, then it ends with him in a drunken bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the, like, um, sexy going through steam kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty straight on the head. And, like, Momo, I just, I don't buy his arc, and I I don't think he's that engaging of a character or an actor. Um, I get his appeal. I totally get it. I mean, my wife thinks he's I hot. I think he but... can be, but yeah, the story is that, like, oh, he he is a child of two worlds, but you don't know, like, what the advantages and disadvantages really are of that. Yeah. Other than, like, his brother's mad at him. Yeah. You know, they don't really flesh out Willem Dafoe's character. Like, they never really explain why. I feel like that might be stuff that was in the Justice League movie that they... Maybe. They poured was, it over. Was Willem Dafoe supposed to be in Justice League? He was. League? Yeah, oh, then maybe that is. And they were just like, well, we shot this and we need to justify its existence. I, we paid, <laughs> I feel paid weird. for it. So. so does Disney, is Disney the only one who has a hold on the young people, tech, or the young face technology? Because Willem Dafoe looked weird to me when they made him younger in this one. I didn't notice it. I I, I'm sorry. It looked a little strange. It looked like they stretched his face out like in a weird mm. possible way. Actually, I never noticed. because his hair's pulled back the whole time. Yeah. That's part, that, maybe that's what's tricking me on it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean... I was so maybe I'm dumb here. Did they explain why Mara and Volko can walk and walk on land and whatnot, but Orm can't? Because they're high. 
They're like from royal blood. The royals can do so it. So the royals can do it. Then, that's why Aquaman. Okay, can. that was not made clear to me at all. I, I, mean, I just assumed Nicole Kidman. Again, everything's like so magic. arbitrary. Yeah, I don't know it, enough about Aquaman's history that I could say, oh, that's from the comics. So, yeah, because I was sitting there going like the 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 soldiers with the like water filled mass. Yeah, like when they burst, I'm like. I thought Atlanteans could breathe, uh, breathe on land and water, but now there's royal blood. Like, yeah, because this is <coughs> there's no there's the one thing that frustrates me is that that whatever they try to clear up in terms of mythology for Aquaman, they forget the things that well, I would consider again, more it's, important. It's hard because you're you're taking a character that everybody makes fun of. Everyone knows who Aquaman is, and you've got to do so much to make him so badass. Yeah, that and it, it's which which is. Again, another reason why I love this movie is because it's trying so hard to say he's cool. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I mean how many times Wan- he's like, badass. He said that so many times, and that's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And James Wan is very good with this movie at no, almost uh, convincing me. I mean, the scene, actually, I think the scene with uh, Nicole Kidman at the beginning <laughs> where she's fighting, I think it's really cool. I mm-hmm. mean, it's one long, continuous take, um, Matrix style. I think it looked, I mean, the movie looked great. It was the best remake of Splash I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it, it is tough. I, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's better than Venom. Um, oh yeah, but leaps and bounds. I will watch this again before I watch Venom. I think it's more fun. Um, but what it's missing is I think Tom Hardy is better in a shittier movie. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what sequence I would tell people like like what I would encourage people to see go see because there's not like a cool action sequence or yeah. a cool fight scene. I'm like, oh, you got to see that or. Um, there's no like, you know, it's not funny enough to say like, well, the humor's really good. Like, there's some good jokes in it because there's not. Yeah, you know, it's movies like this. I didn't like Venom. I don't know what connects with people, and I don't know if it's because I'm just cynical, and we live in a cynical world. Because you're old, Ryan. Maybe because you're old. Um, you don't understand the young people. We live in a cynical <laughs> world. <laughs> thank you, oh, thank you, Brad. Um, someone got that. Um, it. It's yeah, it's harmless. I. I just I wanted to succeed and it's just it's just nowhere near like the Marvel level still like and all the criticisms of like heroes like the DC heroes killing their villains um right out of the gate Aquaman's like eh, I'm gonna let this your dad die because you know that's what the ocean does no mercy yeah it's like it, it is oh, you guys didn't learn anything it is fascinating because in Iron Man three Iron Man literally blasts a hole through somebody on that airplane um in I think it's because in DC they don't earn it, and I've been saying this for a long time. They don't earn what they're putting down. Mm-hmm. They don't earn it. Where even Iron Man, who has his flaws, he learns from it and he earns, you know, the respect. Whether it's from Captain America or Spider Man or whoever, uh, they don't earn it in DC. And the problem with DC characters is they're always so powerful. That's why I think Batman's the most popular DC character is because even though he's a billionaire, if you take that away. He's a dude who's pissed off that his parents got murdered and he's going to do something about it. He's a, an insane man in a Halloween costume. That's he what died he any second. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's insane. I wouldn't say he's insane. Uh, but yeah, Aquaman, like, his thing is like, his only conflict is that he let Black Manta's dad die. Yeah. But he uses what he learned to give his brother mercy. Yeah. So it's it, not even like giving back to Black Manta. And that moment when they're on, like, the ship where Mara's playing the flute. What the f- Which also... <laughs> She was in human clothes, and then they went to that oh, trench, yeah. and then she oh, came but, out of the oh, trench and rolled onto the beach in her fish oh, costume. Oh, oh don't try to explain the wardrobe change in this movie, because oh, it's, it's all over the fucking place. I was like, did you see that? No, it's not you. Uh, you know, I mentioned that, because there's a part, even uh, when they 
go to the undersea with where uh, his mom is. Yeah. Aquaman's shirt, he's in a white one, and then all of a sudden he's in a black one. And then all of a sudden, he at one point, he's in a greenish, like, yeah. gray one. I have no idea what's going on with the wardrobe changes. It's driving me crazy. My only guess is there's some deleted scene that when they get close to the water, they're able to change into their fish gills really fast. Or I don't know. I don't have an answer. There are some James Wansian things here, though, that I enjoyed a lot. Like, the when they're getting near the trench. Oh, the trenches was awesome. I think it was a cool little horror short. I, I actually thought it was really cool. It looked awesome when they were diving down and, like, they had the flare and all the fucking monsters were following uh, him. It's like the, the what's that film? The Descent? Uh, not yeah. the Descent. Um, am, I, am I correct? Yeah. The, yeah, that's right. I thought it looked great. Yeah. Um, I mean, those monsters are really cool designed. The trench monsters. And I, and I will just say, Julie Andrews has never looked better, guys. Can we just acknowledge that she has never looked that great <laughs> until now? I, I, why do we need her for that role? Did it really matter? She was. That, that was literally... It's a weird coincidence that she voiced a superhero movie the same week that the character that made her famous yeah. came out. But, you know, when I, was, when I was thinking about Mary Poppins Returns, Angela Lansbury's great in it, but it almost seems like that part was made for Julie Andrews, and then she wouldn't do it or something. The, the balloon lady. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But, like, it. It's here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, look, I would love to rewatch this in the same way I'd like to rewatch Wonder Woman. Unlike Wonder Woman, though, I like dissecting Wonder Woman. Aquaman, I have no desire to dissect it. It's just a fun-ass movie. I mean, I'll disagree with James. James hates Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman's a pretty awesome movie. I, I, I um, agree with you. I think Wonder Woman's great. I think third third act is weak, but... It, it, it is, but it's still... She still... But it's still cohesive and, yeah, like... I think she earns... I feel like she earns something, yeah. 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 Where, Aquaman's just, like, he's just... Going through the motions, <laughs> and to even the plot and, says, and so. at the end when he, you know, he's showing his brother mercy, his mom just pops out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, <laughs> in some random dress that she was wearing, those like bones of those. She skin, she had skinned one of those creatures, which <laughs> I thought was really cool, but it they don't capitalize on like no, too many it, angles on it, which sucks. Um, and then um, I was disappointed that Willem Dafoe did not ask anybody to avenge him in this movie. Yeah. This really pissed me off. Um, I mean, he did teach Aquaman to make a water shield. <laughs> but, but no, but he he was clear on that. He wasn't going to teach him that until he was like until he like learned his lesson or whatever. What what was the line? He's like, well, "I'll teach you when you're ready." Avenge me, avenge me, because <laughs> like, oh, and like the whole like the whole intercutting Volko's backstory with Aquaman, intercutting with the present, like so much we have to cram in here like i will tell you like for how it's much hard for how much fun i had though i kept looking at my watch because i was like they gotta be done right they should have no? started the movie at the tsunami because like mara's introduced a scene before that mm. but like well, her, her introduction would have been way better if she just washed up during the tsunami and saved him yeah her introduction... and then like oh who are you like oh well let me show you and then go from there her introduction pissed me off because like one when i saw justice league i didn't know who the fuck she was and then two when they did this one, then they just like th- it was the it was the exposition dump that pissed me off the most because one you're mentioning Justice League. I'm like, if you guys really want to get away from your universe building thing and stick to your little guns about making fun movies, then I don't need a Justice League line. I really fucking don't. I get why you did it. Well, you can't it ignore doesn't... it because he's the same character. But, like according to box office receipts, nobody, not not as many people saw Justice League. So does it matter if you introduce Mara as that gal from you Justice do, League? You do because it's already been established. I, 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 I think just, yeah, I think I you have to. I don't know. And I don't think you. I don't. I'm not in the boat. I don't think they have to discount any of the movies they've made. Um, they just got to figure out. I mean, obviously they're going this way because Shazam looks a lot like this, where yeah, it's a little more fun. 
Um, I love the trailer for Shazam. Yeah. I just really hope the movie lives up to that trailer. His costume so <laughs> Also, that like that underwater ship where they you know don't have the, the, like the water's kept out yeah. and yeah. Hulk goes like uh, you know it keeps the fish out. It's like, well, how the fucking fish get in there in the first place if the <laughs> security keeps fish out? Like, it shouldn't even be in here. And, yeah. they, and they still found a way to have, like, 75 9-11s. I thought Dolph Lundgren was pretty good in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting red hair dye job they put on yeah. him, but yeah. And there's that part where, like, uh, uh, King Orm, like, goes to those, like, fish people, and he's like, join me or, you know, I'll kill your father. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> he fucking kills her. And then it's, his daughter's just like, Okay, I guess I'll join you. You murdered my dad. I but mean, they do look no afraid. hard feelings. They do, they do look afraid, so it, it's mainly out of fear. Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> but they don't elaborate on it any further. And also, I wish they'd introduce those crab people a little bit more better because it just crab seems like kind of popped people, up out of nowhere. Crab people. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do love Patrick Wilson in this film. So he's really fucking good. He can't, but he can control sea creatures, but can't control the crab people. <laughs> I don't know. But the, well, with all the explanations they have, I still don't understand are, are the rules. They, I, they must be technically Atlanteans and not regular sea creatures. I don't know. Because they said there was that weird exposition dump where they said, like, and oh, yeah, no, split I understand that. I'm, just, and I'm just being petty. I, no, no, I know. And that's fine. I mean, like, for all that I'm dumping on it, I do want to watch it again. <laughs> like, it's fun. On an afternoon when I've got nothing to do and I don't have to worry about time length. <laughs> I, I liked it more than Venom. So. You know, it's funny, though, when I was Better watching uh, the, the the credits reminded me of S- Amazing Spider-Man 2 so much <laughs> uh, where it's they're saying this uh, statues and stuff going through and Amazing mm. Spider-Man 2 had that same kind of poppy song at the end. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is better. Better than Venom. Venom. <laughs> that is true. Uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we'll be doing our film Splosion 2018. Wow. Um, we've made it, boys. One more year. 2018. You know what I'm looking forward to next year, too, is uh, James will finally have an opportunity to redo his 2009 list. I'm interested yeah. to see what he's going to do. Um, well, we'll re- be redoing our 1999 lists, I guess. Yeah. we already did that one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Will, will Phantom Menace be number one again? Find out. Yeah. Actually, I don't remember <laughs> if any of you guys had it on your list at all. I know it's on mine. I don't I know if it's remember. number one, though. No, mine's The Matrix nice um so yeah so stay tuned till next week until then bye bye that's aquaman i do thank you for listening to this episode of real nerds podcast real nerds podcast is a production of nebulous visions multimedia Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.